Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the magical places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm. Feels chilly this morning out here in the secret garden. But another one of my roses is blooming. This one's an established rose. And I'm getting the second bloom. I don't have good stepping stones over to it. It's sort of, um, oh, there's going to be several blooms, it looks like. It's over ensconced amongst the sunflowers. Can we get a photo? Let's see. I know you guys probably don't care about my rose photos, but you get them anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. So pretty. In amongst the sunflowers and the Russian sage. I often say that autumn in New Mexico is the season of purple and gold. We have all of the purple and gold. It's really lovely. We're getting a nice slow turn of the leaves, too. <clears throat> David and I went for our walk pretty early, uh, before the sun was up. We have a lot of light in the sky well before the sun has tipped the horizon here, so plenty light enough to go and very peaceful at that time. We do carry our masks with us on the walk out in our countryside here and put them on if we pass other people. But, boy, all this week I don't think we passed a single person. I think people are feel thinking it's cold. It's not, though. I mean, I have a light jacket on, the perfect date. <laughs> and it's, um, I don't know, it's like 50. Shall we see? It was 50 when we went for our walk. I, I did check that when I was figuring out what outer gear to put on. Uh-huh. And it is 50 still. So, and I probably neglected to say, I know I neglected to say, but today is Friday, October 9th. I almost said November. Ah, uh, what is time? Who am I? Almost all the leaves are gone off of the grape vines on the grape barber here. Uh, maybe it's more humid this morning or something. It definitely feels like there's a little more of a damp chill in the air. So let's see, what's going on? I don't know. I don't even know. I was very pleased to see uh, my this podcast. This, this here podcast right now uh, featured in an article listing top 10 favorite podcasts. A lot of the Frolic Media podcasts were on there. Frolic Network podcasts. Also listed um, Smart Podcasts, Trashy Books, and Leslie Penelope's My Imaginary Friends, and several others. I, I didn't memorize the list, so I'm sorry if I didn't mention yours like I should have. Uh, but it sounded like the gal is starting her own podcasts, and she was talking about that she enjoys listening to this one over her own first cup of coffee, which just warms the cockles of my cold, cold heart. It makes me very happy to think of you all out there having coffee, coffee while we chat. But it also made it kind of clear to me that um, 
either she's having her coffee later in the day, which Grace Darling, Grace Draven, does. <laughs> she's so funny. She's like, especially now with the pandemic, they've always been kind of a nocturnal family. But now that they are sort of unhinged from any expectations of society, I think she's... um. Like, I'll talk to her at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, her time, and she'll be making coffee and having breakfast. I kid you not. She cracks me up. So I know she listens to this podcast often over her own cup of coffee, but it's like in the afternoon. Isn't that right, Grace? But I think a lot of you listen the following morning because I don't always get this posted until later in the day. And here I am on mountain time. So right now it's just after 8 o'clock in the morning, mountain time. And by the time I get this up, people on the East Coast are already heading for lunch. Well, if you take early lunch. Anyway, it was just good to think about. I might sort of um, unhinge myself from wishing you guys good weekdays or weekends because who knows on what day you actually listen. And I know others like listen, binge, and just listen to all four over the weekend. And so, but it makes me happy that, uh, that you guys actually don't mind me chattering on about my roses and the birds in the yard. I haven't heard any reactions to the Roadrunner story. Um, is it not that interesting? Is it, maybe you had to see it. There was just something so bone chilling <laughs> about that sight from yesterday. Oh. Oh, from the podcast yesterday, from the site on Tuesday, to be clear. So, Jeffy, what are you doing? Well, so we're working on getting um, Dark Wizard to Editor Jenny. I went back and forth with Agent Sarah a few times yesterday. She had wanted, this is in the interest of full disclosure, because I'm going to be put right out there that I think Agent Sarah's amazing. I think she is incredible. I think she's one of the hardest working agents in the business. Sarah Younger at Nancy Yost Literary. And she's had a brutal year living in her literally one room studio apartment in New York City by herself and dealing with the pandemic and being careful and all of that sort of thing. So, and she has a lot of clients, and she works very hard for all of her clients. So, she had let us know that she's going on a well-deserved vacation, um, and she's going to go offline, get away from email. One thing about Sarah, and I love this about her, is that she's incredibly responsive. She has a thing where she replies to all emails, um, certainly for her clients and you know, business colleagues like editors and so forth. Um, and I have had agents who did not reply to my emails sometimes for huge amounts of time. And I know that there are agents out there who handle queries by saying um, no response means no, because it's much easier for them. And I don't like that. And I love that Sarah is so responsive. But as we all know, Email can run your life. It puts you in this eternal reaction mode. And I have worried somewhat about Sarah because 
she is so diligent about inbox zero and replying to everybody and she it's getting harder and harder for her to get all of the reading done that's necessary for you know being an agent there's so much reading to do and it's it's funny because readers become agents because they think you know it's the dream job you get to read for work right and unfortunately it makes reading work <laughs> that should go on a t-shirt right uh, except nobody would get it and it's not that pithy so so Sarah is taking this vacation and she's gonna go to a barn a converted barn in the countryside Airbnb and she's gonna take work email off her phone and she has been getting better about not answering email on weekends which is good because I always felt bad because sometimes I would send her an email on the weekend with the intention that she would read it eventually during the week and she would reply on the weekend. I'd be like, no, stop looking, don't look. <laughs> I just want to send it while I'm thinking of it. Well, I have it done. So, and she's just going to read. She's going to, you know, be offline and just read. And, and of course she said, you know, like we all have her soul number. And so if there is some kind of emergency, we, we can call or text her, which I'm hoping we all will not do. But anyway, I had been expecting her to read Dark Wizard. She had said she was going to read it over the weekend and send me notes, and I hadn't gotten notes from her. And I thought, well, she didn't get to it. You know, she got behind. That's the other thing with the pandemic is that it's been hard for her to do deep reading. She's commented on that a lot. And a lot of people, I think, are feeling that way, that there's just too much anxiety to, like, settle down and read, which I don't understand because... You know, I just have a totally different personality. Reading is how I, I calm down. Reading is my relaxation. And I can, I can always read. And I feel like I should knock on wood because I hope I never lose that. Um, it has always been my solace, my escape. Uh, it's probably different if you're reading for work. So... I had said, well, are we going to try to get Dark Wizard to Jenny before your vacation? And she had said, well, I'm going to try to get it read before that, but maybe not till after. And we went back and forth. And I think the, the re that's the reason that I'm talking about this here is that I feel like I was being pushy. And I, I'm not always pushy, but I was like, oh, I would love to get it to her before that. And, you know, I mean, did, and, and I said, is this something we could take off your plate? Do you need to read this whole book or can, uh, you know, because if Jenny sees an editorial problem with it, you know, she is, you, I think I even read you guys her email, you know, like she knows that I can revise according to editorial direction pretty well. And, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not wanting to be a pain in the ass here, but is this something we could take off your plate and you know, and still get this to Jenny before you go. And the upshot is, is that Sarah came back with, and, and she is lovely. She takes my pushing back very well, which probably anyone who works with me would need to. Um, Grace always tells me that I'm not nearly as bad as she is. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's a funny thing, you know, when you have business relationships that are also friendships and maybe it has something to do with being a woman 
um, you know, I don't like to upset people. I don't like to be a pain in the ass. Um, I certainly don't ever want to be a diva, and I might circle back to that. But the upshot is is that Sarah feels like she does need to read it, but that she can get it read. And I got her um, a synopsis of book one. I got her a tweaked version of book one. I got her blurbs of books one, two, and three, and she's having the interns work on those. So it's all in process now. And and I really appreciated that she, I don't know if she sort of changed the order of how she was doing things, but she expedited that for me. And I am immensely grateful. And I'm glad I pushed back because I was feeling like I did not want that process slowed down. So I think that that's interesting Again, like I'm saying, with the full disclosure thing, you know that working with your agent can often be a challenge for writers, that we feel like, um, we think once we get an agent that that's kind of like, you know, writing off with Prince Charming and that everything is going to be hearts and roses after that. And really it's entering into a business relationship which can have its ups and downs and as many of you know, Sarah is my third agent, you know, so I had downs with the first two agents. And I'm, I'm very, very happy with Sarah and with everything that she does for me. So, but, you know, sometimes it does take some back and forth, you know, to sort of balance my expectations with her expectations and that we can work it out. And I feel like that's important because authors... I mean, I do know some authors who say that they're afraid to call their agent or afraid to email their agent, you know, and that their agent always seems so very busy. And I know I've touched on this before, but it bears repeating, especially for those of you who may be new listeners, that agent, a really good agent is someone who will fight for you, right? You want someone who has a little bit of the shark in their personality, you know, a little bit of the barracuda. You, you want someone who has spine and teeth because they have to go up against the editors and the publishing houses and the marketing teams and all of that and fight for you. So you absolutely want that kind of personality. The flip side of that is, is that sometimes they can turn that on their authors, and I'm going to say flat out that Sarah never does that. Sarah is unfailingly gracious and lovely. I suspect she's unfailingly gracious and lovely to everyone, um, even when she's like having to fight with the publishing house. <laughs> you know, she's uh, she's very much the uh, clawed hand in the velvet glove. But there are, I think that the authors who are afraid of their agents those agents are people who are like, what? I don't have time for you. Call me when you have something. Or, you know, I will call you when I have news. I hear that all the time. Um, several agents that I know of, like, will say, and I, I know of this from their authors, you know, that they'll say, well, you know, yes, your book's on submission, and I will call you when there's news. I will let you know when there's news. <laughs> and then sometimes, like, a year will go by. And in one salient case, a friend of mine had had a book on submission for over a year and was trying not to bug the agent who had said, I will call you when I have news. And then finally, because I kept nudging them, 
they contacted the agent for an update, and the agent said, oh, well, you told me not to send that book out on submission. You know, and that's like, you know, I hope you all gasped at that, because over a year, over a year had gone by, and this author thinking the book was on submission, and it wasn't. And and the agent fucked up. It was, uh, the, and, and that particular agent um, has screwed up a number of times. Uh, I know from multiple of their authors. And it's like, yeah, they just um, didn't do it. You know, agents get busy. So the whole, the whole take-home message there is that you really do have to be willing to fight for yourself, even with your own agent, if that's what it takes. And that you can do it in... Of course, with gentle negotiations and hopefully remaining friends and all that sort of thing. But at the same time, um, you should never be afraid to <laughs> speak up for yourself and your career and your own books, right? So all of that's in process. Um, Corrine is reading Long Night of the Crystalline Moon. And I'm not sure what I'm going to work on today. Isn't that funny? I'm not entirely clear. I feel like there's probably going to be notes coming back on the stuff I sent Sarah yesterday. Possibly, possibly not. She might be looking at it over the weekend. Monday is a holiday, Indigenous People's Day. Today is Canadian Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all the Canadians. Uh, Kelly Robson told me yesterday that she was going to be offline because of Thanksgiving, and she said uh, it's Thanksgiving here in Canada land, <laughs> which made me laugh. It's probably, it's been said before, but I hadn't seen it. Canada land. It just makes it even more Disney-esque. Land of Mounties and no iced tea. So, yeah, it's kind of a funny place to be in where I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to work on. Um... I might see if Corrine already read Long Night. It's possible she did. I might go back over it. Uh, I might, I don't know if I'm going to start writing the the novel, the first novel in Heirs of Magic. My problem is, is I haven't 100% decided on whose point of view that book's going to be in. I could also just spend the day doing businessy things. So... All of these things I have to figure out. Um, it's funny for me to be a little bit at loose ends this way. I've been planning to get back to Long Night on Monday. Um, and here I am. I'm, I'm actually ahead of schedule. I was like, oh, what does that mean? So, so yeah, we'll see what I end up doing. But I guess I'll go do it. So, I'll remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find other podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Or in that article that I will link to. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Even though it's a, a holiday, national holiday, uh, I think I will be here. So, you all take care. Bye-bye.